and this is Talking Pictures, our weekly review of movies and film. I'm Hollis Monroe, and joining us again to educate, elucidate, and entertain our resident film guru, Professor Film Encyclopedia Brown. Hello out there. And taking time out of his busy um, retirement, <laughs> our film guru emeritus, the fabulous Mr. Denny Lynch. Hi there, guys. Glad to be back. Denny, you're going to start us off with a film that is very much about, well, film. All right. Babylon is a chaotic look at Hollywood from 1926 to about 1936 during the transition from silent to sound films. It's a drama, a comedy, a tragedy, a spectacle, and an orgy. The three wow. hours is not long. It's probably, probably an hour too long, but I have no idea where I would cut it because all of it's interesting. It's directed by Damien Chazelle, who did the brilliant Whiplash plus La La Land, First Man, and Ten Cloverfield. Brad Pitt plays a character very similar to Douglas Fairbanks, big action hero star, and will he make the transition to talkies? Margot Robbie, Robbie is uh, an ambitious starlet we, who is extremely desirous of stardom. She's convinced she's already a star. She just needs everybody else to catch up. So she makes her break into make, making movies. This is quite a contrast to the character she's going to have to play in the her next movie, which is a adaptation of the Mattel Barbie film. <laughs> yeah. Jean Smart plays a head of Hopper-like uh, gossip columnist, and she's absolutely terrific. Calva is a Mexican immigrant who gets involved in Hollywood and seems to be able to solve problems that he didn't know he could solve. So he's kind of the framework that the whole film revolves around. There are many historical events portrayed, including the New York premiere of The Jazz Singer in 1927, where the crowd apparently went nuts. I've been reading about that thing, and applause went for like 15, 20 minutes, even during the movie and afterwards. Also, plot-wise, this is extremely close to Singing in the Rain, which oh. is frequently referenced throughout with musical numbers and so on. And toward the end, they show clips from a whole variety of films, including Singing in the Rain. If you're a movie buff, you'll probably like this a lot. Um, it's chaotic, and I enjoyed it in spite of itself. How is that? <laughs> well... It sounds like a recommendation to me. It sounds very interesting. And film, you were saying this, of course, ties very much into uh, what you'll be teaching this semester. Right, of right. I mean, the uh, the analog to uh, film history that uh, it depicts and how well accurate, obviously, it is because they've changed a lot to protect the innocent, sometimes, as they say. <laughs> At least protect the reputations of those who may be not so innocent. That's right. Okay, thank you very much. Film, you have Megan. Megan with a three in it. Yes, for, for, the three, e. for the E. So I, you got to say that. M3 Gun. Okay. Uh, hard to say. This is a very fun film. Uh, and Megan, uh, directed by Gerard uh, Johnstone and written by Akela Cooper, who uh, uh, also gave us things uh, like uh, she worked on the Grim TV series, if you okay. remember that, which yeah. wasn't bad, mm -hmm. and worked on Malignant, uh, also written by James Wan, right, who Blumhouse alum, right, who gave us things like Saw and uh, Conjuring, and Dead Silence, which kind of fits in here, because what we have here is a life-size doll, okay? 
Uh, Megan stands for Model 3 Generative Android. And what's the N stand for? I guess nasty. Okay, because <laughs> what you have here is this Chucky, Chucky's step aside because uh, you've got a new kid on the block who is uh, very fascinating. This is a very effective film. Uh, it deals with a, a robotics engineer, uh, Gemma, who is played uh, by Allison Williams, uh, who is, her sister is killed uh, in a, uh, uh, an accident, and she takes care of the daughter. She becomes the, uh, the guardian of a eight-year-old child, Katie. And here, okay, Gemma is somebody who's very driven by her career and really doesn't know, one, doesn't know how to be a parent. Mm. And likewise, sort of, uh, she want, she's working very heavily on this. She works for a toy company, okay, which makes these sort of AI type of things, artificial intelligence type of toys. And on the side, she's working on this big project, which is Megan, okay. And what she does is uh, she does one of the things that I think a lot of parents unfortunately do is sort of put their kids not only in front of televisions as it used to be, but now put them in front of tablets and give them phones when they're young and so on. Give them this technology and let them be raised by these things. And she pairs up uh, the, uh, the character or the, the Megan doll with Katie to be sort of her primary caretaker mistake okay because what that obviously sets up is the idea is she has to what take care of and protect i will not let anything happen to you and that really is very literal in megan's mind um the film is very effective uh works at a number of levels okay uh the idea of parental neglect also corporate uh rush to push out any kind of a any kind of new technologies particularly for children Okay, because once the the corporate head uh, uh, or the head of the unit that she works with uh, kind of finds out that Megan is this uh, well thing that can work, she even before they get the testing totally done, he's ready to push that out, which is a mistake. Okay, mm -hmm. um, the film is is fun. Okay, it's not one of your elevated, and you, I'm doing the quote marks, quote unquote, elevated horror films. If you want to see an elevated version of AI, go watch A. Makina, the Garland oh, yeah. film, okay, uh, which, uh, uh, which is maybe the A24 take. This is Blumhouse's take, right? <laughs> and Blumhouse, one of the beauties of Blumhouse is that they shot this for 12 million bucks, and already as of today, it's at 30,429 domestic, mm. okay? So again, uh, Shoot, I'm not saying that 12 million is a shoestring, but it sort of is. Okay, These days. and really, uh, you know, rake in the dough. The cast of this film is remarkable. I think uh, Allison Williams uh, as the uh, the uh, the uh, Gemma, okay, is really great. She's very much of a torn character. She really realizes very quickly that she made a mistake in pairing these two together. Uh, the little girl who plays Katie Violet McGraw, wonderful, uh, playing. Uh, an eight-year-old, okay, who becomes attached to her toy, okay. Uh, wh where's Megan? You know, I'm not going anywhere without Megan, right, and uh, kicking tantrums. Of course, the real star here is the Megan doll, okay, played by, well, basically two individuals. Allison, I mean, uh, Annie Donald plays the little girl, okay, physically. And uh, what, they, what they've done is a sort of a combination of animatronics, Likewise, uh, when uh, they need her in action and movement and so on, that is uh, uh, Donald, okay, which was a train, she's a trained dancer, which really comes in handy at a certain point. There's that great, 
that's if you've seen the trailer there's that dance which is real tiktok type okay mm -hmm. type of stuff going on there and uh the vo uh, otherwise the cgi she wore a mask okay in production but then they cgi'd it to flatten it out and make it doll like very uh uncanny valley like okay mm -hmm. because it's like ah, people in the film sort of mistake her for a little kid really and then at the same oh no it's a doll or is it not Okay, and of course, this thing escalates, right, in the protection of the Katie figure, which falls out of the hands of uh, the uh, Gemma real quickly. Um, the film, uh, I think, works very nicely, too, in referencing aspects of other doll-like films, right? I mean, and also robotic aspects. I mean, we have little things that you think, oh, that's Terminator, that's RoboCop, uh, that's, uh, you know, Annabelle, that's Chucky, things like that. Really, I... I really enjoyed it. I, I see that there is a, a sequel in the works, duh, because as it ends, I'm not going to say it, but it looks like, okay. And likewise, I guess there's an extended version that they're talking about. Yes, releasing, I've heard of that. Which is more violent. I Unrated. Guess. Right. So uh, I, I highly recommend going out and watching uh, Megan with a three. All right. Now, quickly, uh, you have both seen Pale Blue Eye, this new potake, as it were. Um, what are your takes on it, Denny? Well, Christian Bale plays a neighbor. <laughs> Let me try that again. Christian Bale plays the neighbor. Uh, he's called in to investigate a murder at the U.S. Military Academy in 1830. One of the cadets there is uh, Edgar Allan Poe, played by Henry Melling, who I was amazed to learn was the fellow who played Harry Potter's chubby cousin, Dudley Dursley, in the eight Harry Potter films. Yes has slimmed down a lot yes uh, anyway uh there's mysterious goings on involving um the cadets neighboring young ladies and the academy's administration it also has timothy spall toby jones and robert duvall who is 91 jillian oh in it too it's part historical drama part mythology part horror film deeply based in poe's writing this presents an interesting look at his uh, pretentious and foreshadowing his later life. The characters here are frequently in pain. It's a great period atmosphere and details filmed in Pennsylvania and Delaware. And it was directed by Dixon Scott, or directed by uh, Scott Cooper, who did Crazy Heart mm -hmm. out of the furnace and antlers. I can't read my writing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's interesting, maybe too long. It's very slow moving. It's very methodical, very period accurate. I think. Yeah, I saw it as well. And uh, as is these things that are shot for Netflix, sometimes I think they give them liberty to say we can go long with this, and uh, they did. And, and they could certainly pair this back. To me, the pacing of the I think it was very interesting. It had some great ideas, uh, but the pacing was so laborious that by the time we get to the ending and its laboriousness. The, uh, it becomes very contrived uh, to me. And I'm sort of getting tired of these ideas of turning Poe into some kind of uh, this mythical uh, detective figure, you know, or twisting his life, okay, into stories. I mean, yes, he attended uh, the West, West Point, Point and yeah. things, uh, and he was uh, court-martialed basically on his own. He wanted out, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, so, but I, uh, yeah, I pass on that film. All right. Um, yeah. I, I, there's a lot of uh, retro sympathy for Poe. His life was cut short because of alcoholism, but people liked his writing and they want to see him sympathetically. 
So in this, and then there was, uh, there've been a couple of other films where he's been a major character. So this follows along that line, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. Well, folks, check out The Pale Blue Eye and tell us what you think. Our email address is talkingpics at kcck.org. For Professor Film Brown and Mr. Denny Lynch, I'm Hollis Monroe on Jazz 88.3 KCCK.